my prayer life be like, results unclear, gonna give it the silent treatment. Zoe Williams, and this is Up Too Late. Welcome to episode nine. Okay, so most of you know, but maybe some of you don't, I'm from Pittsburgh, one of the greatest cities in the world. After college, though, I moved to one of the other greatest cities in the world, Los Angeles. So my first job out there was as a youth minister. I was holding my first meeting with the core team I inherited. Side note, any youth minister will tell you that that's a nightmare situation, and any established core team will share the same sentiment. Anyway, so I was trying to get to know everyone, and I suggested we go around the circle and introduce ourselves, you know, like a normal person. I said, I'll start, then yins follow. Blank stares. So I repeated, I'll start, and yins follow. More blank stares. I started thinking that everyone hated me and I'd have to quit before I even started. Uh, my therapist calls that catastrophizing, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So anyway, I said to this core team, you know, we can do something else if Yins don't want to do this. Finally, finally, someone spoke up. What the hell is Yins? Oh, right. I then launched into my first-ever lecture on Pittsburghese that night. I've since given several more lectures. It went like this. Yins is like y'all, but Pittsburgh. For example, a Pittsburgh exchange might go like this. Sup, yins will go downtown and watch Distellers? G-chat, we could get a sandwich and and permanis. Come on, the freeway's gonna be hell with all them jagoffs driving to the game. You got a gum band? My hair's been bothering me. Everyone looked at me like I had two heads. I don't know why. Southern Californians see weirder shit than that just walking down the sidewalk. But the core team and I got along just fine after that. Now I just say shit like, You didn't see that? It was hella cool. Truly, I am a woman of the world. Speaking of Pittsburgh and California, though, the drive from Pittsburgh to SoCal was insane. It took five whole days of driving, just straight driving. It was like 10-hour days of driving. Okay, so like, you know, I have to sleep and eat sometime. Whatever. Anyway, also, shout out to Megan A., who drove it with me. You are a very good friend. So most of these days that we were driving were fields of corn. That's really all we saw for at least the first half of this trip. You know, we took I-80, which is perfect if you want to see the most boring landscapes our nation has to offer. And I have, and I never want to do it again. You can keep your Nebraska. I will take the mountains and the ocean. So anyway, on the third day, while we were somewhere in aforementioned Nebraska, it got interesting. 
being young, cute, and naive. Hashtag story of my life. Am I right? Okay. We had a sign in one of the car windows that said, California or bust. No one had batted an eye at it. Not at all. No one cared. Until that day, when a trucker honked at us. Seemed innocuous at first. We all gave thumbs up to each other as we passed him. But then, a few minutes later, he caught up with us and held up a sign that said, Can I come? Oof, this whole event ended up being so traumatic that I can't remember who was driving at this time, but whichever one of us wasn't scribbled no boys allowed on a piece of paper and held it up. The trucker gave us a thumbs down, and we sped away, thinking that it was done and over with. But, another few minutes later, he was right behind us again, honking at us. My little black Camry speedometer only went to 85, but we definitely made it go over 100 that day. Every time we thought we were safe and were going to get off at some exit to hide for a while, we'd see his truck cab in the rearview mirror coming for us over the horizon. It was like being in a horror movie, for real, like speed. So we spent most of that third day trying to get away from him so he couldn't follow and abduct us. We eventually did give him the slip, and then we spent the night somewhere in Wyoming. I have never breathed a bigger sigh of relief than I did when we were able to successfully get off the highway without him seeing us and watching his truck speed down the highway still, apparently in, in search of us. Oh my goodness. Whew. Coincidentally, that hotel in Wyoming was the birthplace of my Twitter account. And one of my first tweets was about getting away from that creepy trucker. Little did I know, our story wasn't over yet. The next day, we made it across Wyoming and into Salt Lake City, trucker-free. It was great. So we stopped at the Welcome Center in Salt Lake uh, for a little bit. I have the smallest bladder known to man, so my first stop was the restroom. Megan went to take some pictures, though. She has a talent with a camera that I do not possess. Um, and, I mean, Salt Lake is beautiful. So, anyway, here I am in my stall in the restroom, mid-pee, when suddenly Megan's face popped over the top of my stall door and she screamed, He's here! I didn't have to poop when I walked into that restroom, but I completely emptied my bowels when she screamed. How the heck she knew which stall I was in is still a mystery. But apparently, so this is what happened. Uh, Megan was taking pictures outside when a man walked up to her and said, Better slow down out there, speed demon. Then he admitted he was the trucker who had been following us. Megan, smart and afraid, uh, said nothing and just ran inside to find me. And then now you're up to speed on me being mid-pee. So anyway, when I was done in the restroom, we watched through a window and hid inside the welcome center, waiting for him to leave and praying that he would not come into the welcome center. 
No joke, she pointed the guy out to me, and he had a porno stash and cut-off denim shorts. Like, this would not be a good man to talk with, ever, let alone anything else with. Clothes really do matter! Okay, so we waited in this welcome center until we actually watched him climb in his truck and drive away. But we still saw him one more time. We waited for like 20 minutes after after he drove away. Um, and still, we ran into him one more time. So we were driving into Salt Lake City and we happened to pass him. And I was thinking, oh shit, oh shit. This is just, he's going to follow us all the way to Reno, which is where my aunt lives and which was our next stop that night. I was like, we're gonna die. We are gonna die. Again, you know, the catastrophizing. I'm working on it. This is why I'm in therapy. Anyway, so we passed him and held our breath. <laughs> Luckily, though, he took a different exit, a different freeway, and we finally parted ways with this dude for good. Uh, we called Megan's dad, uh, not my dad. My dad would have, like, flown out to Reno and met me and dragged my ass back to Pennsylvania so we called Megan's dad, who's much more chill. Um, and you know what Bob did? He just laughed at us. He said, the trucker just wanted to be friends. Well, we didn't want to give him the type of friendship he wanted, Bob! And this is why you should never do anything alone after narrowly escaping being abducted by a trucker. Welcome to the show! Just a reminder that even if you, like me, have received the COVID-19 vaccine, and even more so if you haven't, don't be a jagoff. Wear a mask. And now for the drink of the day. This week, I'm drinking a strawberry, which is about as good as it sounds. Pinkies out! This week's dramatic reading of scripture is the end of Moses' life, when God granted him a look at the promised land, although not entry. Much like how I feel about getting back to California. Alright, I give you Deuteronomy chapter 34. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, the peak of Pisgah, which faces Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead, as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Western Sea, the Negeb, the plain, the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms, and as far as Zor, just a whole, whole lot of coveted land, literally how I think of California, just all of this goodness. Take me back. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land about which I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to your descendants. Okay, I moved to California to stay forever, and I'm clearly not there right now. My plan was to raise my family there. But you know what they say about telling God your plans. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God said, I have let you see it with your own eyes, but you shall not cross over. 
It's like, it's almost like um, Gandalf in The Lord of the Rings. You shall not pass! Only God isn't like being vindictive here. It's just the way it is. Please, Lord, don't let this be my fate, though. I want to go back. Anyway. So there, in the land of Moab, Moses, the servant of the Lord, died as the Lord had said. And he was buried in a valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. To this day, no one knows the place of his burial. Seems kind of hard to believe to me, since the writer was pretty specific with the location. I mean, that's not like a terribly big area to have to search. And you'd think that like Joshua or someone would write down where they buried Moses because he was kind of important. I'm just saying. Anyway, Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were undimmed and his vigor unabated. And that's what life in the Lord will do to you. The Israelites wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days till they had completed the period of grief and mourning for Moses. Okay, I expect all Ians to mourn for me for 30 days when I die. All right, 30 days. Now Joshua, son of Nun. Wait a minute. Nuns aren't supposed to have sons. Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom, since Moses had laid his hands upon him. And so the Israelites gave him their obedience, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. You know, we do this too in sacraments, the laying on of hands. It's a sign of passing on authority, which is part of how we get bishops, etc. Also, again, I know things. I drink, birth people, and know things. That's what I'm here for. Since then, no prophet has arisen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. God and Moses really saw eye to eye. In all the signs and wonders the Lord sent him to perform in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and against all his land and all the great might and the awesome power that Moses displayed in the sight of Israel. And Moses finally rested peacefully without having to deal with the whiny Israelites or the brutish Pharaoh. The end. For our top 10 this week, it's the top 10 tweets I don't regret reading. All right, speaking of accents, at Jewel Mele, maybe, J-U-L-E-M-E-L-E, that's you, buddy. Anyway, he comes in at number 10 with, told a customer at work this morning that their accent was very exotic. He's from New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey is a whole other beast. I feel ya. All right, Zach Mabry is calling on my favorite queen with this tweet at number nine. Tyler Perry walked so RuPaul could run. I have one thing to say. Sachet, chante, 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 chante. At Sour Cream Gay gives us this gem that's coming in at number eight. Drove my priest to the vaccine distribution center to get poked, and in return he gave me a bottle of Jack. Makes me channel some Kesha. 
before I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for confession, sin ain't coming back. That's right. Get out of here. No, not me, you. All right, all right, all right. And number seven, at not really a chola, explains how resilient Texans really are with the perfidious Texans shall never be defeated. Listen, Texas messed with me first. At samrocha.com gives us the number six tweet. Where are all the dime store Thomists when you need them? One would think they would at least make themselves useful on a simple matter like transubstantiation. Where have all the Thomists gone? At Lil Pasta Goblin makes number five with Every $5 Target wine enthusiast needs someone in their life to buy them the nicer wine that they won't buy for themselves. This is what friendship is all about. Coming in at number four, we have at Mimirari with How Long Until the Sacramental Graces Stop Me From Being a Sinner? Lol. I'm pretty sure Paul wrote that in one of his epistles. You feel me? Paul feels ya. At number three, at Not Really a Chola gives us another gem. There are too many internet people deep frying blocks of cheese. You're not gonna shit right for a month. I like that she keeps it real. Coming in hot at number two, at The Happy Priest gives this public service announcement. Even if you're fully vaccinated, the CDC recommends going to confession. Memento mori, kids. And finally, at number one, the inspiration for practically this entire episode, at Lil Pasta Goblin again, I love you, Anne, with the absolute gem that can be applied to pretty much my entire life. Results unclear. Gonna give it the silent treatment. And that's this week's top 10. Say cool and chill things, and then maybe I won't hate what you tweet either. But never least, this week's weird saint. Saint Gwynefort, or Ginfar, Ginfar, if you're hella French. I'm not, so excuse that butchering. Anyway, Saint Gwynefort was a greyhound. That's right, he's a dog. He belonged to a French knight in the 13th century and was charged with the care of the knight's infant son. Lucky for this knight, it was the Middle Ages. A stunt like that would get CPS called on you in this day and age so fast. Oh my gosh. All right, when the knight returned home one day, his son was nowhere to be found. The nursery was in shambles, and Gwynefort's jaws were bloody. The knight thought Gwynefort had eaten his son, so he slew the dog just right there on the spot without even looking around for his son first, without, like, barely looking around. Hearing his beloved protector being killed, the baby started to cry. So then the knight, you know, looked around and found the baby under a piece of furniture with a dead viper beside him. Gwynefort had killed the viper and saved the baby. Not eaten the baby. <laughs> the knight was so distraught over his actions, and he found out firsthand what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Or you and the dog, 
whichever. The dog was dead. I don't think he cared at that point. He was, you know, the, the ass is always the knight in this story. The ass is the knight. 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 So anyway, the knight took Gwyneth's body, placed it in a well, covered it with stones, and planted trees around it, setting up a shrine for this dog who protected his son. A Dominican who lived in the area at the time, we can always count on the Dominicans for details like this, he described Gwynefort and his local cult as such. The local peasants, hearing of the dog's noble deed and innocent death, began to visit. They visited the place and honored the dog as a martyr. So the locals often brought their babies to the site to be healed by the dog, and apparently some healing was happening because his cult persisted for several centuries. Several centuries. So, though never officially recognized as a saint, because he's a dog, and despite several prohibitions by the church, Gwynefort's cult persisted for, again, several centuries until it died out in the 1930s. Okay, 1200s, when this dog lived and died, to the 1930s. We're talking about 700 years that this cult for the saintly dog survived. And you know what? There are two lessons we can learn here. Ready? One, knights were chosen for their brawn and obviously not their brains. And so maybe they aren't the best examples to model your life and faith after. Maybe pick someone different. And two, if a dog can be holy, so can you. Also, mean Thomists can just suck it. Thank you everyone for joining me tonight for another episode of Up Too Late. You can always find me on Twitter at Teresa Zoe and on Instagram and Facebook at Teresa Zoe Williams. If you like this show, please consider becoming a supporter on Patreon at patreon.com slash Teresa Zoe and get access to cool extra content. God bless and keep you. Sleep well and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand and Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep!